Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, where we discuss all things related to outdoor and nature photography. Today's episode topic was submitted by a listener, and we'll be discussing at length our nature photography workflows from image conception to shutter release to photo editing, and perhaps even printing, matting, and framing our work. Hope you enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back to episode 17 of the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. Um, and today we have a pretty cool topic. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Henry and I's uh, photography workflows. We're going to be talking about basically everything from planning out our photo trips to going to the location, taking the photographs, of course, and then later on doing post-processing, perhaps even printing and framing our work. It should be a lot of fun to kind of just talk about our processes and kind of compare and contrast them. And um, like we mentioned in the intro, this was submitted by a viewer. Um, so thank you for that. And if you have an idea, uh, just make sure to send it in to us. Yeah, definitely. And hit us up on the socials. We're on Instagram. Uh, we don't really uh, post on it as much as we should, but you know, give us a follow and we'll give you a follow back. Alrighty. Um, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to go for our workflow um, step by step, but we're going to alternate. So I'm going to go over an aspect. Ryan's going to go over an aspect. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just going to be the basic format today. So Cool. Yeah, it should be a lot of overlap though, so it shouldn't be too hard, I think. Mm. All right. Um, Ryan, do you want to go first on your oh, first step? I, I might as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, so a typical day in the life of Ryan, outdoor photographer, is – sorry. Uh, what I do um, – pretty much what I do, let's say from the very beginning, let's say, okay, I have an idea in mind for a shot at a location. I have everything kind of planned out in my head. Let's say I have the idea of like maybe what the lighting would be, the weather – just kind of everything planned out. Um, so what I do is I just kind of look at maybe if there's a trail map, I'll look at that. If it's a new and old location, um, obviously if it's a new one, I'll be looking at trail maps a lot more closely. Um, if it's an older location and I find a shot or I kind of pre-visualize a shot in mind, then it's a lot easier, I think. But yeah, I just kind of like look over locations, um, things I want to like look out for and stuff. We kind of mentioned this actually in our locations episode. Uh, I forget what episode number, but we talked about just kind of like planning out place, places, I guess, like if I'm going to wildlife area, I'll do birds. If I'm going to like a deep woodland, I might do some landscapes or if there's a waterfall involved, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I'll just visualize a shot, um, check the lighting. Uh, I usually check the weather a couple days in advance and usually the night before just to see if there's any cloud cover. Um, this is if I'm going in the morning, if there's like a sunrise or something potentially, or if it's going to be just a nice overcast lighting throughout the day, which means I can pretty much be shooting freely you know, the entire day if I so choose. Um, so yeah, I just kind of plan out every little aspect of what I'm doing. Um, I very rarely just kind of go spur of the moment, you know, put on my boots and run out the door. I mean, that does happen a lot and it's fun, I will say, but yeah, a lot of my, you know, trips are definitely planned out and I don't even travel far. So it's not really a big deal um, just to go out for, you know, morning or afternoon, evening. Um, yeah. And then, um, I guess if I want to like tag some resources along, I use like a photo pills app. It's called photo pills um, on your phone or whatever. And you can do an augmented reality and AR mode, and you can simulate where the sunrise and sunsets are and the directions of it. It's a really neat app for that. Um, so I highly recommend yes, that. That is definitely a really cool app. Yeah. It's, and it, that's just one feature. That's my favorite feature. I pretty much, for the most part, that's all I use it for. Um, but it has everything a photographer, at least an outdoor and landscape photographer would need. Um, I'm not sponsored by them anyways, I know, but it's like a $10 app. It's very, very nice. 
Um, it has depth of field uh, reader um, meters, I guess. What do you call it? Uh, calculator, sorry. And then, um, yeah, it's focal length things. And it's got like tons of just, it's jam-packed with tons of info. That's really, it just makes for an amazing resource in this little app. Um, so what I'm, what I'm getting at is um, if I'm on the location, I'll use that pretty often um, or just to plan out a shoot. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you, do you kind of plan out specific shots or do you just kind of plan the whole day, if that makes sense? Are you more planning or, for the weather or planning for like photographs specifically? Or planning for like the location. Just that, just that alone. Um, yeah, good question. I mean, it's kind of all of them. <laughs> it's not really much of an answer, but it's kind of just whatever. I do all of them is what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, if like there's a shot in mind at a certain place, certain time, let's say even time of day, time of year, time of, you know, like a season or something. Um, I do that quite a lot. Um, other times I just want to get out with a camera and maybe it's like, hmm, I haven't been to, you know, so-and-so place in a long time. So I'll just go there and just you know, whatever I see is what I see and photograph accordingly. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, kind of ebbs and flows. Um, I go through each one, each of the uh, questions or whatever you put it, you post to me. I just kind of do each one in moderation. So just to get some variety in there, but it's, I definitely feel like it's essential to plan out stuff, um, to get better photographs. You know, you can, you can be very quick on your feet and just kind of go to places and drop yourself in them. But you know, that doesn't always get you the best shots. It can, if you're lucky, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, for me, I'm going to have to say for my kind of planning, I would say I'm the complete opposite of you um, on most of what you talked about. Um, <laughs> I'm a very, I have a very weird schedule um, and I'm just very spontaneous. Uh, I will, the one area I do a lot of planning on is weather. I'll not go – so say I want to shoot some waterfalls. I won't go out on a really – like a really bright day because I just know I'm not going to get the shots I, I want. Like if I know I'm going mm -hmm. to a location where I'll be shooting primarily landscapes, I, I just won't go. So like in that aspect, I do plan. But usually um, when I have free time, I just go out and do photography. And I just really have a – I'd say probably about 10 locations that are fairly close – I can drive to that. I kind of just rotate between, um, based on what I'm feeling. So like birds, landscapes, flowers. Um, but I never really specifically plan, I guess, um, like in depth. Um, I'll just kind of look on the day, see what it's like. Um, like for example, if there's a day that I was planning to shoot landscapes and it's bright and sunny. Instead, I'll just pick up the bird lens and go to a bird sanctuary near, near me and just spend the day on birds. So mm. that's just kind of me. I'm very spontaneous. Um, I'm very lucky because I actually, especially with wildlife, I get super lucky. And <laughs> usually I can end up with one or two successful shots, no matter. It sounds cocky, but it's like this weird thing. I always see something. <laughs> um, it's it's just really, just really cool. I have no idea how it happens, but it just does. So... Um, not quite as lucky for landscapes. I guess that's not so much luck, but uh, more just based on the area around you. Uh, but I have a set location, a group of set locations that I'll go to. So um, that's pretty much it for planning. Um, I do pretty much bring the same gear everywhere I go. 
um, just because my lenses are fairly light and I don't have too many, so I'll just pretty much leave those in the bag. Uh, the one thing that doesn't always go with me is the tripod, and that just depends on whether I'm shooting wildlife or uh, landscapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it for planning. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I mean, like, I've planned a lot of things in life. That's just how I am. But, I mean, yeah, I don't plan it down to, like, the neatest detail. So, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of similar to yours in that regard. I just, you know, I go out with a certain lens, like you're saying, to a certain place, and you just kind of know what to expect. But then from there, it's kind of whatever you want to you know, photograph, I guess, whatever happens to come upon you, I guess. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, and I did mention traveling and kind of a funny story. I've mentioned this before. I've only started driving recently. So before that, it would take a little bit of extra planning because I would have to build in time for biking. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes this inv- involved me riding down and riding up hills with a basically five pound camera or probably more than that heavy camera bag with a tripod that would hit into my helmet as I rode. Oh, no. how tall it was. <laughs> and sometimes I would even have to go off trail and mountain bike with my camera gear. <laughs> so that was quite the experience because I didn't want to leave my bike for it to get stolen and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was quite the experience. I'm lucky enough to be able to drive now. Um, so is that's it, fun. Is it so much better? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, it's my just... photography, it's already improved so much. <laughs> That's so great. No, I mean, that, dude, that's how I got my start um, was just cycling around. And I went to, I went pretty far out, but, you know, I had my local patches that were within bicycling, bicycling, bicycling distance. And uh, yeah, I did like the same thing. And yeah, I definitely remember tripods just bonking me on the head or hitting something, you know, off the side when I'm cycling past it, just stuff like that. But yeah, it's cumbersome, but it's just the way it goes. Um, it's just you know, getting out there, you get out any way you can. I've even walked to locations, you know, just like on, you know, neighborhoods and stuff, go through those. So, but yeah, driving is a lot, a lot better. You can get, go out farther, of course. For sure. Yeah. And also, um, a fear for me when I was always on my bike is that it was going to storm and I get caught in the rain with my gear. Mm, now with yeah. the car, now granted, if I'm on a hike, I can't do much about this, but with my car, I can just escape to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even sometimes I've, I, I did this like once so I'll do it. I plan to do it more. I have a laptop that I do all my work on. So once I brought my laptop and just did some editing while it was raining and it was just a quick rain. So that's cool. Just edited some stuff and just went back out. So, yeah, that's, that's neat. Yeah. I mean, I had the same thing too. Um, actually I think a few videos on my channel have that or at least display is where, yeah. Inclement weather. If there's like a surprise rainstorm, that's really heavy. I'll just like run back to my car and, you know, sit in it for a while. And that's a nice mm-hmm. thing. Cause yeah, a bike, it's like, you're, you're just kind of screwed unless if you can find some kind of shelter or roofing above you, but yeah, a car is nice to kind of just escape to in that regard. Yep. And you don't have to worry about it getting stolen all the time. Yeah, that's true. It's more reliable, I guess, than a bike. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the next element we're talking about is the actual capturing of the image itself. So Ryan, can you kind of go into that? Okay. Yeah. Um, so after, let's say following along with what I was saying, after I plan a location, maybe a shot idea or two, um, and then just the weather, everything, I, everything, let's just say everything lines up how I like it. Um, let's just create a little scenario, I guess. <laughs> so I'm wake up early, uh, to get like a sunrise shoot. Let's just say a landscape in this case. Um, it's, let's just pretend it's a new location. So I got my trail maps, maybe on my phone, both on my phone and printed out. Uh, or something of that, you know, combination of that. 
and I, you know, drive to the location, let's say maybe it's farther away and I get to the spot that I had in mind. Um, at least maybe I seen photos online of something like that. And so I always get there very early before sunrise, you know, try to, at least I'm not always perfect. Of course, you know, we all sleep in and stuff or the drive takes longer than anticipated, but you know, let's, like I said, this is the ideal you know condition. So I get there early before you know, sunrise, it starts to get light out the blue hour twilight's going on. And then, um, I hike maybe a couple miles onto a trail that I've kind of predetermined, let's say, and then from the trailhead, at least in the parking lot. And then, um, yeah, I kind of find my ideal spot, set up my gear. Let's just say, cause it's a landscape in this case, you know, got the tripod with me, um, maybe like a wide angle or telephoto lens, you know, kind of like you, I bring, I bring all my gear with me, um, at least the essentials. Um, pretty much any trip I take. And the nice thing about cars, you can leave it, whatever you don't need in there, you know, maybe for as later, long, later as on. long as it's well hidden to be, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. My, my back seats, my, like the non-driver seats are all tinted on mine. So it's like, you can see in and you might see something that looks like a bag, but you're not going to see like the nitty gritty, you know, I hope no one steals my Gitzo. <laughs> um, so, oh, I might be stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few times. Um, <laughs> I will say this totally off topic, but I appreciate or I can applaud uh, Ben Horn. He leaves his camera out overnight out in the, like the middle of nowhere. I'm just like, dude, this is so scary. People could just you know, take it. Well, you, you see, he's, he's so remote. He's so remote out there. I, just, I guess you know. his, his biggest enemy is probably wind. Cause I think it has fallen over more than once overnight. Oh yeah. He's talking about that. <laughs> yeah. He, he talked and about animals that. too. Yeah, that's true. His photo book um, that just came out, um, he talks about that a lot. He's like, yeah, it's fallen over from wind and stuff. And I just couldn't imagine that. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, and I take the shot and I work the angles. What I do is I take the first shot, let's say in this case, I take the first shot I had in mind. That'd be like the money shot, I guess. You know, It's just kind of like the thing I need to get and what I have in my mind. And then... If there's some available light from the sunrise, then I will work the scene. I'll try different, what I call like maybe like secondary shots and just stuff that's kind of like more supplementary. And sometimes those are the, my favorite shots also, or I like them better than the idea I had in mind originally. So it just kind of depends. Um, and yeah, just work the scene and do that sort of thing. So I really, there's not much else to it, you know, without just discussing camera settings, but I don't want to get that specific with the example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, camera settings change between every every shot, so that would be oh, quite definitely. the example to go into. Well, yeah, I guess um, in one scene, sorry, I'm, no, I just thought about yeah, in one oh, scene. Well, yeah, you you raised a good point. Yeah, I mean, like every instance can be different with camera settings, but like at, overall, um, like if I'm doing, let's say, that sunrise, I'm going to keep my you know settings pretty consistent across the board. I don't really change them that much. Um, Maybe I'll adjust the uh, aperture here and there just by a stop or two of light, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for wildlife and versus landscapes, that's going to be vastly different, I would assume. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you use any kind of custom? I don't know if your camera has them, but like the little custom modes, preset settings, do you oh, use anything uh, like that? You mean like picture styles? No, there's like the C1, C2, C3. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, yeah, yeah, good point. Um, I honestly don't know what I've set, but it's like when I bought the camera, I set it to like settings that were, you know, ideal for my type of work and stuff. Um, the one that comes to mind that I know is like a big one I always switch on all my cameras is 
or any camera bodies I've had is uh, the back button focus because I'm a big oh, fan yes. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, other than that, it's just kind of fine tuning um, like focus points and stuff like that. Um, just so like sharpen it, like because uh, I'm trying to think autofocus tracking. If um, you can set, you can basically preset or custom set the um, distance it does it at, and you can set the time it you know uh, hunts for focus. And you can sacrifice whether you want it to be speed of focus or um, just other conditions. It's it's really technical stuff. Um, I'm not really too like well versed in it, but yeah, I'm back button focus is like the most important one that I always switch on from custom functions. Yeah. So the the custom settings for me at least, um, I actually have my wildlife. Like I shoot all my wildlife in C1 and C2. Hmm. So C1 has the adjusted tracking autofocus. And I use back button focus like you, but instead of um, back button for the wildlife, I use uh, the actual shutter button focus so I don't have to press an extra button when I'm tracking a bird. Mm. And then I have my specific tracking autofocus tuned for that in C1, so when I'm shooting a bird in flight. And then C2 is uh, like an animal that's standing still. Um, Mm. So basically that's what I'll do for that. So. Um, it's basically versus Al Servo and like one shot focus, autofocus. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's, I find those really helpful. Okay. Well, if I may ask, I like, why do you, why do you choose to use the shutter button focus for wildlife in particular? Uh, well, it basically comes down to the battery grip I just got. So um, uh, okay. what a battery grip allows you to do, if the audience doesn't know, is you can hold your camera sideways, kind of just like you're holding it normally. Um, and that has a shutter button on it, um, but it does not have an AF button like it does on the top. And I can't reach it when I'm shooting like that. Hmm. But the the shutter button has the ability to do focusing. So okay. wildlife, yeah. I switched to that so I can do focusing on both shutter buttons, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does to me at least. Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit I, complicated, but yeah. No, I mean, it, you, you said it well. It's Yeah, but I was going to say it's like, the button, like the camera's smart enough because I have a battery grip too, a Canon one, and it it's smart enough to know if you have back button focus that you can obviously with the battery grip double that but back button focus and use it on there as well. But yeah, I mean, if you can't reach it, I guess that's totally a valid point. But um, I just use it throughout for pretty much all my photography. I just I, I kind of got accustomed to using that and not using the shutter because I just think it's interesting because you you want it to be all on you want it to all be on one button. But for me, I kind of like it to uh, just separate, I guess, and put on two different buttons. But I, I mean, it's it's everyone's you know taste, I guess. Everyone kind of does it differently. And and for landscapes, I'm definitely all back button because uh, I mm. obviously understand the dangers of having it on the shutter for landscapes. Like if you're shooting and you accidentally focus on like a fern or something in in your foreground, you know, that could yeah be negative. I, that might be the problem I have with it is because if you press it down too far, obviously you take a shot or whatever. And I'd rather just not run that risk and just kind of use a separate button. Cause For like, sure. my, cause like my thumb isn't really doing any, if we get technical here, like when you're gripping a camera, my right hand, like the thumb's not really doing anything on that, you know, the backside of the camera, you know, whether I'm doing wildlife or landscape doesn't really matter. And so I'd rather kind of put it to work, I guess. So it's like, I'd rather use it to focus so I can, you know, take that off my mind using the index finger on that same hand. But mm-hmm. yeah, sure. to each his own. Now coming into my actual photo capture, um, like I said, I'm very spontaneous, so I kind of walk around. 
if I see something I want to shoot, I'll shoot it. Um, I do the different angles like you. Um, of course, I do the primary shot first. Um, and I, I use an L bracket, so I like to do the mm. horizontal. Me too. Um, and yeah, uh-huh. I think we have the same one, actually. Um, and vertical composition. Um, so I will always do that. Uh, just kind of like the same scene on the tripod, I will do both uh, just to mm-hmm. see. Um, and usually for me, um, well, I'll get into that in editing. I was going to say how I crop things, but never mind. Um, well, you can, but, you, can, you can crop in camera, technically. Yeah, uh, sometimes I will crop in camera, but that's actually very rare for me because I like to have uh, that freedom. I know you can reverse it in editing if you crop in camera, but I like to just shoot full frame um just in case i don't know actually yeah not not to get you off topic um but like because i've done it like once or twice i can't find the setting for the life of me now i don't know where it's at on my camera i know it's on live view but like so does it is it kind of like the same as uh like white balance on a raw file like does it make a difference because you're saying you can bring it back is it kind of like that you know what i'm saying uh yeah so basically it's a, like a non-destructive crop so okay the detail is still captured there's these little lines in your viewfinder that or in your live view that'll show up um like when you're reviewing your image there's these lines and it'll do the same at least in lightroom for me i don't know about your software luminar uh, yeah so i can i can free that um like if i shoot four by three i can take it back to whatever the native aspect ratio is hmm okay interesting yeah, I, I need to you know, dig through my manual, I think, and try and find that setting again because it's it's pretty neat. It helps you really visualize your shots, you know, in the field yeah. better. Because uh, I do crop I, a I lot. Do, I do wish I do wish cameras had more options. At least mine, probably yours too, because it's Canon as well. Mine only has like four by three and then like sixteen by nine, and I'm usually mm-hmm. an eight by ten or one by one. Is so yours hard for? Is yeah. yours full frame? Yeah, it is. So that's. Okay probably causes some differences i would guess because i'm apsc and it's probably yeah i bet the ratio is a little different or maybe the amounts of like different crops you can do are probably different uh-huh. just just guessing though maybe even each camera brand's different honestly but you know i don't yeah, know or even each camera model you know, oh geez on the megapixels <laughs> and stuff yeah panoramic yeah. cameras uh-huh. <laughs> anyways you're saying <laughs> uh, yeah so i'll just kind of work the scene do the angles uh, I'm not really, right now, I'm not really a big golden hour or sunset person. I'm kind of a middle of the day, which I know is bad. I know it's bad, but I just, I like sleeping. and I get I you, definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure this summer I'll get into that more. It's just right now, you know, I'm just, I'm happy with the images I get during the day, especially wildlife. Like, I don't feel a need to get up early for wildlife. Now, for landscapes, maybe, but where I live, there's not really the most amazing landscapes. So <laughs> I find they can be captured pretty well in nice neutral light. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's when I'm usually out. Um, I've mentioned this before, but I've been experimenting a little bit with like handheld shooting, but still mostly tied down to the tripod, which I do really like because you can refine compositions and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. It frees up your hands, I think, too, which is really nice. And yeah, which is, yeah, and it just, I don't know, it just adds an extra stability, too. You can position it in interesting ways and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then kind of for my for my lens, recently I 
switched from like a 2470 and 7200 to a super zoom and people you know might think oh the quality's so bad but this one doesn't have bad quality um, and it's really nice it's a 24 to 240 uh, i really love it wow. for co- like for i know it's crazy um it's rf so it's built for my mirrorless camera so it's nice and light but it's it, it was not cheap it was like 1200 1300 um it's still pretty good mm-hmm. yeah it's f4 to 6.3 which is pretty that's the that's aperture pretty, that's, that's all the aperture i need that's not yeah. bad yeah uh-huh. can't knock um that. and that's that's great for composition i don't have to switch lenses anymore so right now basically <laughs> i have a dedicated landscape a dedicated wildlife lens my 600 for wildlife my 24 to 240 <laughs> for landscape so it's really nice because uh, i can get any kind of shot with that lens so i can just kind of post up and just zoom and zoom out so uh, I'm probably in the next year or so I'll get a more wide angle lens. Um, like maybe a Canon has like a 15 to 35 and 16 to 35. Uh, um, but for now I'm 24 to 70 is a good one. Yeah. I already have the 24 to 70 basically though, since it's 24 to 240. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's uh, neat. It's really neat lens. It sounds like it's mm-hmm. like a nice walk around one. And it is it. It's not quite as sharp as maybe the twenty four to seventy I've owned in the past, uh, but the autofocus is much better. It's lighter, and I sharpness is really subjective too. Uh, like it's not like it's soft. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, it's hard to explain. It's it's still nice and sharp. Pretty much all lenses today are sharp. Um, so yeah, that's that's really helped with my like composition and photo taking out there because. Before that, I would always have to decide what lens I wanted, and I f- always would feel like I was locked into certain focal lengths. So now I just can kind of work the scene mm-hmm. with that. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll, I will add to mine um, since you brought it up. The times of day are, are very um, pertinent to, I guess, my trips. So if I'm going to, like, a lot of times when I pre-scout, what I call pre-scouting is like, I'll go to a location. I might not even bring the camera, honestly, or I'll just walk around with like a lens attached in, you know, around my neck or something. And I'll usually go to those midday just because I want to get a feel for the location, maybe like the trails, if there is any, and just kind of see what's there in general. Not really, I'm concerned about taking shots, uh, but it's just another, you know, kind of step in the planning process for me. Uh, but yeah, if I have like, definitely have a shot in mind and it might be like, you know, early morning or late evening, golden hour twilight whatever kind of lighting um then i will obviously take that shot or at least plan for it but um yeah i mean i do a lot of midday shooting as well like you um i actually find uh, since you brought up landscapes with that is that converting them to black and white is really really nice with doing like midday light because you get that high contrast look for sure but, yeah. but yeah it desaturates you know you make it black and white and it looks really nice yes i i definitely agree um, and even sometimes black and whites on the really, really harsh days too. Um, yeah. as long as the highlights aren't too bright, you can get some really nice, interesting compositions with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you but, properly expose it, like it can't go wrong. And honestly, the results look really, really good. Like you, sometimes you can't even tell as midday light, you know, just mm-hmm. with the way the image might be composed or whatnot. But, um, it's, you know, to any beginners out there that might be wondering, it's like, just go out and photograph. Don't, don't really don't really worry about the time of day. You know, there's, I always think there's like a shot out there. It doesn't matter when or, you know, whatnot, you know, what time of day doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, unless it's like pitch black, I mean, you could do astrophotography, yeah. but you can do a lot with that. <laughs> Bring your flashes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's neat. 
Um, so yeah, um, what's, what would be like your next step, I guess? So you, you take the shot and what do you do then? Uh, so after I take the shot, um, I'll review it a bit. I should probably do more reviewing in the field. Um, yeah. like I feel like sometimes I just kind of lack on that. Um, but usually if I remember, I'll kind of check focus. I'll look through my viewfinder and zoom in to the image. Cause with mirrorless cameras, you can like preview the image in there, which is nice. Like That's in cool. the viewfinder. Yeah. Hashtag mirrorless for life. Um, <laughs> I've done mirrorless. Hashtag DSLR suck. No, I'm just kidding. They're good. They're good. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. Uh, that's a, that's yeah. another podcast episode, I think. <laughs> uh, that'd be a good, good idea. But, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. After I take the image, I'll do that. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I'll just put my camera back in my bag and look for the next image. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then I'll, I'll go home and then I'll start the, uh, editing process. Uh, if you want to get into your editing process first. I'd be... Yeah. I mean, let me yeah let me start with where i left off i guess um so yeah like kind of like you it's almost the same thing yeah i take the shot or shots usually i take more than one because you know digital is nice like that um and i just like to have i like to have an over large overly large amount of material to work with i'm not one that just takes one shot and calls it a day um so yeah i'll take the shot um and then i just yeah same thing i'll just like hike around a little bit you know i might take other images of anything else i have in mind or you know, anything that just sticks out to me that might be a little bit of a surprise, you know, something I'm not really planned for. Um, and then, yeah, I just eventually I called a day. Usually it's because the lighting might get too harsh or my motivation or maybe I'm just really hungry or something. You know, there's a lot of variables or yeah. And then I'll just go home. Um, so like for editing, I guess I don't really like to edit immediately like that same day. I don't know. Everyone's different, but like my problem is, is that you kind of, especially if it's a good productive day out, I kind of get too hyped up and I might over edit, you know, I'll oversaturate and I'll just, you know, kind of, you know I mean? I kind of just go off the deep end and just kind of make really exciting looking images that are just too overblown for my taste. Um, so honestly, I wait, I'll wait at most a day or two. I mean, at the least, sorry, at the least I'll wait a day or two at the most I've taken month or two before I even get back to an image. And I, I like don't understand how you do that. That's it's, a it's, lot of patience. It's yes. Well, it's just life and other business. And plus when you go out multiple times in a, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, it, it adds up quick and you just don't get around to it until you get a batch done. So I guess one recent example is I just the other day finished editing stuff from like mid September. So like a month so and wow. a half, it's almost two months ago. And it's honestly kind of neat because then you kind of, it's like, it's almost like memories at that point. So going through these images, I'm like, wow, I kind of, you know, it's like, I remember, you know, how it felt being there in that moment, taking that image or whatever. And like, it brings back all the memories. And I feel like just waiting kind of what I call sleeping on the image a little bit, or just the files is because you just kind of look at it more with an objective eye. You know, you look at it later on, you go like, okay, those are cool shots. And you're not, you're less likely to like over edit, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have any techniques like as you import, like, is there anything special you do or? Um, it's funny. Uh, a lot of people, kids these days, they like to use their Wi-Fi, you know, like their near field communications 
to like wirelessly transport images or upload uh-huh. instantly to social media. I'm very old fashioned. I use the tried and true USB cable, micro USB. And I just oh. plug it, I, yeah, I plug it straight via USB to my computer, my desktop. Um, <laughs> and so See, I, I, I use the SD card, so I'm even more traditional, I guess. I guess I'm just lazy. I just like to open the side port and just plug it in direct. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I used to do that too, but um, yeah, to each his own. I just don't want to handle the cards if I have greasy fingers or something. You never know stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So I'll plug it in directly, camera to the computer. Um, uh, let's see, and then I open obviously open up the folder that has it, respective you know raw files in my case, and then I immediately I don't even open them yet. I immediately just you know Control A on Windows, you know copy paste, and I I put them in a folder on my hard drive for my desktop. And then that backs up with like a backup syncing software, which is pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I'll just take that and I sort before I get real deep here, I get might as well. I, let's see, I sort my files, my raw files at least by year, month, location in that, in that order. So keeps everything nice and clean. And obviously the raw files and the folders are time stamped for like when I took them and all that stuff. So it makes everything really nice and easy. And then I just do that month by month and year by year. So it's pretty nicely laid out. That's that's how I like to sort and organize everything. It's it's easy for me. I could be like, all right, I went to this local wetland 2016. Um, I think it was spring. So I have a May folder and I went there. So it's easy to find stuff like that for me personally. Um, so yeah, and then I take all those, I batch, copy, paste the raw files. Um, and then I'll just open up in order and I'll just go one by one and just... I immediately delete ones that are clearly out of focus, clearly overexposed and underexposed to the point where I can't recover, you know, light and shadow detail. So just really obviously bad shots, junk shots that I'll delete, you know, right off the bat. And so I sit down with like a pen and paper basically next to me on my desk and I will write out the file names with, you know, commas separating them. So I have this big beefy list, let's say, of a trip I went on. And then I just open up pretty much one by one. Um, I'll batch process sometimes, but I'll just open up the shots, the image files one by one and edit them just in order. And I start with basic adjustments like global sliders and stuff like that. Um, a few times I'll use more intensive kind of editing styles like clone and stamp, um, maybe stuff like HSL filters. I don't do too much masking. Probably should learn that stuff more. Um, like what do you mean by masking? Like little... It, like photo ma- or uh, image masks. Oh, like, like local adjustments and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Just stuff where you add layers and stuff. I really don't. I mean, the most I do is like HDR, but even that's like AI editing in my case. So, mm-hmm. um, or focus stacking um, or panorama stitching. Those are like the main ones. But yeah, I just open up in my basic photo editor that I, of choice, edit them each one by one, um, export them to my saved folder. And I have my saved folders to match via subject matter. So if it's a bird shot, I have like a songbirds uh, folder and it's also mirrored onto my website. I know there's a lot going on here, if you can visualize it, <laughs> but that's just the method to the madness. Um, there's a lot to it. This would make a good video too. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a screen recording or something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and then so, and it's cool because I will, all my, basically I'll go through, let me just speed this up a little bit, but I'll, I'll just go through all my images, edit them, uh, export them. And then I have a neat software that actually downscales the file size. So for JPEGs, I mean, cause I export in JPEG 
without reducing the image quality. And it, it'll have like the image, the uh, file size without, you know, reducing quality. It's really, really neat software. Um, and that will, I'll, I'll pretty much when I have a finished batch of photos edited and done, I will, you know, title them, of course, what the subject is or whatnot um, and catalog them that way. It's easier for me. Um, and then, yeah, I'll downsize the JPEG files. Then I upload them on my website. And fortunately, I have SmugMug, which is really nice. They have unlimited storage for life as long as you have a plan. And so that, that get, basically gets a cloud storage backup for me. So I have two hard drives for local, technically three, if you count the, count the um, computer hard drive. And then I have a cloud one, which is like, you know, nice and secure, of course. So I got, I got several options around me and on the web. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much my backup. And yeah, I think that's enough talking, <laughs> but there's a lot to it, but yeah, it, it's, it's a workflow. I've, I don't, this isn't like a day one thing. This is something I've, you know, not mastered, but just kind of developed over time and kind of found what works for me personally. Yeah. I mean, and of course, um, you know, all that stuff sounds complicated, but it is pretty much essential. I mean, you got to have backups, you got to have organization because, uh, you know, you never know what gems there are in your raw files. You, know, you got to be able to find that easily and everything. And don't take our word as law here because, I mean, if you want to use this as guidelines, to maybe just to start if you're beginning, sure. But like, this is just what works for us. Maybe I should have said at the beginning of the episode, but, <laughs> you know, there's, there's no right or wrong for workflow. Anything's of you know possible it's just whatever works for you exactly yeah so what what do you do after you take the shot and you get home and you edit what do you do from there so i'm i'm very classic i'll take the sd card out of the camera um just because i found that uh the rights or the write speeds are much faster um like mm. transfer speeds uh so i will transfer i'll drag the files to my ssd which is my fast hard drive uh, that's one terabyte, and that's what I edit off of. So that goes into a folder that is marked by date. I don't do locations like you. I'm not quite as in-depth. Um, <laughs> but that's date, so I have like a folder for each month. I should um, probably starting next year when I get a new Lightroom catalog, I'm going to do more intuitive organization. Uh, but for now, that's what I do. Uh, so it goes into there. Uh, after it goes into the SSD uh, I instantly send that to another hard drive, so I have a double backup of the raw files. And that's also backing up to the cloud. So I've got a three triple backup. And that's what people recommend, so that's what I do. Um, and that backup drive is just basically backup. So if the SSD fails, I have it on there um, because it is kind of slow, so I don't like editing off of there. So mm -hmm. I'll edit off of my faster one. Um, and then after that, I import into Lightroom, um, which is my photo editing software of choice. It's the classic version, uh, so like the computer focused, uh, and I'll do I'll build one to one previews, which is literally kind of rendering the entire image. So that takes quite a while as well, um, and also takes up extra storage. But it's definitely worth it because you can see like the full sharpness and the full quality of your images. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't really have any organization in Lightroom, uh, mostly just by date again. Uh, and that's pretty much it for importing. Um, once I do a shoot, I'll go through kind of, um, you can set color labels in Lightroom. So especially when I'm doing wildlife, when I have like thousands, well, not thousands, but like hundreds of frames, 
Uh, I'll do like the color green for ones I think are potential photos. Like I'll label the photo green. Um, and then for the photos, the final photos, once I've edited and exported, I'll lab label them purple so I know to go back to those. Like those are the ones I've edited in case I want to make a change. Uh, so that's kind of my process for that. Um, I won't really throw out any images. Uh, I probably should once again, but <laughs> I take a lot of bad images like motion blur and stuff. So I just, I don't want to deal with them. And I have enough storage at the moment that it's not really a problem. Uh, probably when I switch to a new catalog, I'll go through my old one and delete some bad ones. Uh, but for now, they just stay in there. Um, and you never know, too. Like, if you batch delete things, you could delete a hidden gem that you haven't edited. Uh, <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yellow rumped warbler, I'm looking at you. Uh -huh. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, unlike you, I'm kind of a quick editor. Um, usually the day, day of, at the latest, a couple days after. Uh, I just get excited, like you said. Um, and I'm not really a person that spends hours on images unless it's a really like really important landscape or something. Um, sometimes I'll take that into Photoshop um, and do some focus stacking, dodging and burning, really advanced techniques that I, I honestly don't know how to do. And I just kind of <laughs> like... <laughs> chaotically make my way through that process Just um guess around yeah. hope for the best uh -huh. but mostly i stay in lightroom i'll use uh hsl i'll use masking uh, especially a radial filter so i can like adjust different parts of the image change the exposure i'll do a bunch of dodging and burning in lightroom as well um i i, I basically use pretty much all the editing panels in there uh but i, I i'm really i'm not really an over editor uh, I don't like to, I like, I'm kind of a realist with images, I'd like to think. And I mean, I feel like both of us, we're not really the type that do like the oversaturated, super unrealistic images. No, uh, yeah, not really. Yeah, but I still do a bunch of editing into my image because I like, I, I like a perfect balance of highlight and shadow. I'm not like a big HDR person, so I like to make sure there's still dark shadows and bright highlights. Um, mm-hmm and a good amount of color, but not too much. Um, I also, I use split toning. I don't know if your editing software has this. Yes. Uh, as like, yeah, split toning and curves. I really don't mess with those too much. Um, I just stick to like HSL for that kind of, if I want to saturate yeah. specific colors or something. So basically what split toning is, I can make the highlights a certain color and the shadows a certain color. So if you want to make a mm -hmm. cool two-tone image, um, th that's uh, a really good way to do that. And that's what I do quite often um, and that's pretty much it for editing when i export it goes to my bigger hard drive um, and that's synced with google photos um, that's just another way to back up things and also it's an easy way to have the photos on my phone um, yeah. okay Neat. yeah and then that's pretty much it uh, i do a couple other things for printing and instagram but i'll let ryan go into his process first before that let me back up one more time. Yeah, because yeah, sure. every every time I hear it's neat because every time I hear your process, I think of other things that kind of bounce off mine. Yeah, so um, my Spug Mug website, they have a, a mobile app where you, it pretty much is like the same thing. I can pull up any photo I have on there, which is super useful. Like if I'm sharing with a client or just sharing my portfolio, or maybe I want to check up on an image or something. Uh, so yeah, that's really neat. Um, do you actually? I gotta ask you a question. Do you like take multiple edits of like the same image? 
Because I'll do that, especially with like crops or if I want to do like a black and white and a color. Do you do that kind of thing? Um, For portrait photography, I do that. Like I send my clients a black and white and a color, but not really for my personal photography. Um, hmm. What I do, I do go back to images frequently. Like I'll be unhappy with the exposure, so I'll go in and adjust it. Besides that, I don't really go back. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've gone back, like you said, to like images before in the, you know, in the past and I'll be like, why did I edit this? Like the greens are way too green. It's what I call alien green, where it's like really like vibrant and neon. Um, and I'll re-edit it. So it looks more natural stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. It just depends, you know, I like to make multiple copies if I can though, just to have different options, especially if I'm posting to Instagram, like you said, where I want something that's a little more square. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, so the ending of... Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, can I mention one more thing about editing? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Um, I generally do a lot of cropping. Well, not a lot of cropping, but I always... I don't, like, crop to whatever I want to crop to. I just do a specific aspect ratio. So I find myself generally ending up in an 8 by 10 or 1 by one crop. Uh, personally, that's just the look I like. Call me Thomas Heaton or whatever, but... <laughs> that is, that's what i like to do um so yeah i'm a big fan of square crops so and he likes those too i know <laughs> yes he definitely does i, I think his newest his uh his next calendar is i think just entirely square photos if i recall or yeah yes it is so. uh-huh yeah <laughs> it's funny and very minimalistic hyper minimalistic <laughs> well yeah that's that's been his style lately too yeah, so um, for, let's see, I guess the end of my process. So what I'll do is I, if I so choose, I'll print out the image. Um, I'll either do it with myself with a, a cheap Canon photo printer or I'll take it, you know, export it to a print lab and they'll, you know, fulfill it. And then uh, pretty much from there, just take the image, print it, you know, do, I'll do different sizes, colors, paper finishes, and uh, just choose a size that I particularly like and all that. Um, and let's say in this case, I'm going to mat and frame it. So I have a bevel mat cutter in my, like, I guess my space over my desk and I'll cut the mat myself, maybe from a big sheet or I'll have a pre-cut mat if I have something like specific size in mind. Um, and then I'll choose out a frame and just put it all together. Pretty much. It's like a big kind of, you know, piece, I guess that just all kind of goes together and then you have a finished, finished product. Yep. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot more to it, obviously, but that's just like the quick answer but mm. yeah i i don't all I, I don't always print but like when i do it's like an image i'm really proud of or it's something i want to like display in one of my galleries or something like that yeah and remind me do you have like a full-size printer or are you um it's up to 13 by 19 okay for anyone's so curious it's the canon ip8720 so it's, it's, it's a very budget one, but it's, it's, a, it's a really nice photo printer. And I've thrown so many papers at it, Canon and otherwise, and it, it prints them all really well. So, But it's, it's up to 13 by 19. Awesome. Um, and will you ever send that out to a print lab as well if you don't have the right size? Yes, yeah. I've done that a lot with because um, I have a few panoramic sizes I've done or just stuff that's really larger, obviously larger than that size. And uh, yeah, I take them to like Bay Photo or something and have them print them. Cool. Um, personally, I've done like zero printing, in-house printing. Uh, I'd love to get into it more, but I just don't have a printer. So 
Uh, but mm. it's it's a it's like a, it's something that not everyone gets into, which I can totally understand because it costs a lot of money, like ink and stuff. But um, I find it personally fulfilling, and you know, image can live online, but like at the same time, when you print it, it's like an extra special tactile feel to it. What percentage of pictures would you say you print? ten <laughs> uh, percent. <10%. laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's still a pretty high number. You you produce a good amount of pictures. So. Well, I, yeah, like I said, it all costs money, so I don't do it too often. But yeah, it's like when I do, it's like an image or something I'm really proud of, or like I just have an idea how to present it that I want want to do. So. Yes. Awesome. So what do you do? To um. End? Well, I like I said, I don't print, but um, right now primarily where my work goes is to Instagram. Um, so for a while I use, uh, kind of like, like Ryan does, I do the white borders, um, on Instagram. Um, and for a while I was using like an app on my phone to get the white borders. Um, but in the past couple of months I've been putting my photos on white borders in Photoshop. So that allows me to export as the resolution for Instagram. So there's no downscaling and I, export all of those in a one by one crop. So my feed all looks the same. Um, if that makes same. sense, like it's all the same size. Yeah. Um, so that's basically all I do. I do some smart sharpening on top of the sharpening I, I'll do in my editing. So in Photoshop, I'll do extra web sharpening to make it look a little bit more web oriented, I guess. Uh, that's it. Um, I will print occasionally. I'd say probably I, I print something once a month, maybe, uh, I use my local camera shop's print lab. Uh, they're pretty cheap, which is nice. Uh, and what I do for that is I will make a separate file. Like I'll duplicate my file and I'll generally turn up the exposure for a bit, a bit. Cause I don't know if you experienced this Ryan, but I used to have problems with my images coming out vastly underexposed. Uh, Sometimes. Yeah. That's probably just my monitor calibration, but, uh, I'll generally do that, and I'll also do print sharpening. So there's different presets in my editing. So I'll turn on that preset so it looks nice and crispy. <laughs> that's nice and cool. And that's it. So Yeah, not bad. So you don't print really often? It's just more about showing on the web or Instagram? Yeah, uh-huh. And, of course, once once I start getting into more printing, that'll change. But for now, that's what I do. Yeah, that's cool. It's it, like I said, it's a whole nother step really. And it's one I've, you know, in recent years experimented with, and I just find it very fulfilling. There's, it's, it's definitely something different about seeing it in person. You know, I just, I don't know how to describe it. It's just seeing your work on a wall, like in a gallery or even your own house, you know, just people appreciating it for what it is. And just, even if we want to get technical, it's like, even just like the matte color choice and just every little detail of the frame you choose it all kind of goes together and making like the completed like piece, I guess. So yeah. I just, I just really like all that kind of decorating creative process with it. You're definitely fulfilling the step you lost. We lost when we switched to digital, like you're really completing the process because film was uh, capture development print. And now it just feels like it's capture editing. Share. Media. Yeah. So, yeah. And then yeah. your likes, your likes determine the worth of your photo for some people, and that's what it's kind of become. And I, I really admire people who print because it just, it's a nice detachment from that. So. 
Mm-hmm, definitely. And plus, it's like you can upload a really saturated image. I've kind of I've noticed this with mine. If I upload one that's really bright and like just lots of color, it gets more likes. But like something that's underexposed purposely or just more subdued, they might not like it as much. Yeah, that's that's what I've noticed as well. When I look back at my Instagram account, kind of my old images from about two years ago, where I would just like you said, kind of oversaturate it crazy exposed like weird exposures weird settings just everything's like bright you know what i mean like like i I would really experience those uh experiment with hdr or hsl so i'd like get rid of all the colors except one and those always got like tons of likes (laughs) and nowadays i'm posting (laughs) these images that you know take a lot of thought and process and (laughs) less likes and i'm not complaining because i know instagram's just you know it's just a social media i shouldn't take it seriously but it's just funny how kind of Instagram kind of skews your view of photography sometimes. People just want, they don't, they don't want to see reality. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, when you're scrolling, you don't necessarily have time to look and admire the composition. They can oh, just yeah. admire what pops out to them. It's, it's what, yeah, it's what makes them stop scrolling and go like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. I get that. Well, that's, that, that's, is, yeah. Uh, is I was right? just going to say, that's why some of the, I've met some of the best photographers on Instagram, including like you and Rylan and stop. many other people. And we all, <laughs> all we're, not insane, we're not insanely famous. Um, and, you know, we have, I would say, or at least you guys, I don't know about me, but you guys have pretty much world-class images, I would say. And <laughs> Thank when, you. when you compare them to some of the top photographers, they're not much better. It's just the, their differences. They use these brightly colored blended exposures that well, just draw attention in you know not, yeah but not always i mean they just i i see it as they put in the work and they you know over the years or something just got gained a following that way for sure so. yeah I mean, i'm not undermining them i'm just saying it's just I, no i understand i i do that sometimes actually not gonna lie i'll be like this big name person i'm like they why did this why does this have a thousand likes it's not that good but you know it's, it's subject subject to the subjectivity because you know everyone it's it's art so yes all right so is there anything else you had to add to your workflow or that's pretty much it for mine uh, I, I don't think so no cool cool did you have you any updates any announcements yeah, oh okay jinx <laughs> <gonna cut> that. <laughs> no keep it in that's funny okay <laughs> uh, um yeah i got yeah i got a couple i can rattle off here real quick um yes yeah, so my um so my ongoing freelance kind of association nonprofit. Uh, ongoing working relationship with them. It, I'm going to be just had a call the other day about doing a video project. So I'm basically getting commissioned to make a three minute video. I'm going to be recording pretty much all of it um, and doing, I'm not going to be doing some voiceover. The director is actually going to be doing, I guess, but still um, I'm going to be recording a lot of video for them and doing like a three minute, like short film, I guess, talking about um, some local park properties and wetlands that they have. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun putting that together and such. Um, and other than that, uh, be on the lookout because I, I mark my words. This is me right now putting it down. I'm going to have a calendar by the end of the year, probably start in December. And I want to get a photo book out for like this year, as in like a retrospective of like 2020 photos I take and such. Just something nice, something nice and small to kind of break the ice and say, I, I can finally say I made a book. But um, yeah, hold me accountable, everyone. Cause I want to, I want to get those two out by the end of the year. So, but yeah, you got a lot of work out of you. The, 
end of the year is coming fast. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm waiting till last minute. <laughs> Probably next month I'll start those, but it, it shouldn't be too bad. I think hopefully. Yeah. Do you have any announcements? Uh, I have a couple. Um, I'm going to be making my return to YouTube this week, which is, I, I had to take a break just for schoolwork and I'm working on a, like a application for this intensive photography program. Um, but I'm, Mm. I'm starting to finish that up. So I've got free time again. Uh, so be looking out for that. Uh, this week's video is going to be about astrophotography. Kind of my first, I did kind of my first serious attempt at that this weekend. Um, I did like 20 minute, 30 minute exposures, <laughs> really cool results. So. Star trails and stuff. Milky way. Yeah, or what? I got, uh, you'll see this tomorrow on my Instagram actually. Well, not tomorrow for the listeners, but for you, Ryan, um, <laughs> okay. I got some great results. I'm really proud of. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a video on that. Just kind of going through that and my settings and stuff. Um, so that'll be fun. Awesome. Awesome. Um, cool. and then I was, I'm also considering a calendar. I don't know if I have time, but I definitely think I'm going to at least try. Um, it can't be that hard. I don't, yeah. I mean, I've, I haven't looked, I haven't like shopped around per se, but like I'm looking for like a print on demand one. And all, I feel like all you have to do really is upload photos, 12 photos and call it a day. It can't be that hard. And I think I'm going to do similar to Thomas Heaton. I do shoot a lot of square, so I might do a square focused one. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those little desk calendars, but I'm trying to figure out a way to get those. Oh yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. And I, I probably won't be selling those. Uh, if if you ask me, I'll, you know, I could definitely arrange getting you one. But it's mostly going to be oh, sure. as gifts, gifts for friends and family. Um, okay. If you guys want one, just let me know. I I definitely will. Yeah. And I can't wait to see that video. That sounds fun. I didn't even know you were going to do that or did that rather. Uh huh. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. I also I also got some um, probably the best deer photos I've ever taken on Monday. Uh, mm. I was just, I was out chasing a woodpecker. Well, not really chasing, but just uh, tracking <laughs> down a woodpecker. Um, and there's this group of three bucks that came right up to me, literally like right on top of me, pretty much <laughs> uh, got some amazing shots. So keep an eye out for those as well. So. Cool. Yeah. Uh, unlike you, I haven't really been going out with a camera at all. It's been about a week or two. I take these weird, I take these weird breaks for a few weeks and then I go out for like several times a week. It's weird. But it's really cool. It's, I'm glad to hear you got some good shots. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. And leave us a review on whatever platform of choice. If you can leave a review. I think Apple Podcasts, you can. Uh, yeah, you can leave a review on all major platforms. I'm pretty sure. So. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, or leave us a comment sure. if you're listening on YouTube or watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you'd like to be on the show or if you have an idea, just let us know. Our DMs are always open. You can hit us up on our uh, podcast account or our personal accounts. Um, just, you know, Instagram, open e- to ideas. email. Yeah, definitely. So uh-huh. just like this episode was made possible. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.